it's going to be one swinging, interesting episode. Mic check, mic check, one, two, three, four, let's fucking go! What's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Wolfpack Podcast, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly topics that happen on a weekly basis in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Wolfson, and without further ado, let's get down with the shiznit. So... You guys are probably wondering, why am I releasing this on a Monday? I was expecting you on a Friday. What's with the consistency, Wilson, huh? What's with the consistency? Hold your horses, guys. Hold on. Unlike some of you, or probably a lot of you guys, um, I have a 9-to-5 job. That's that's not literally my job. It's my career job. And uh, it was kind of busy last week. So I couldn't make an episode, but I was it was a good thing I hold it up because I have an amazing review for Super Mario Brothers and what I think about it. And then also I got some other topics I want to cover, but before we get to that, let's just get down and let's talk about one aspect that I want to focus on on today's episode, and it's basically networking. This has brought on to my attention as I was scrolling the Twitter hemisphere where most of the time, I think that's where I get all the major topics for my podcast. Just scrolling down on Twitter and just seeing all these um, interesting takes. And I like to take out of it and then talk about it as a topic and poke some holes or push bats or get some other fresh perspectives out of it because, you know, it's valuable stuff. So today we're going to talk about a little bit about networking, how networking is the key, is literally the key to open your doors for success. There could be other doors. Sure, you can go to the back door or you can climb up from the window. Sure. But networking is the one essential thing that it's a guarantee that it's 100% works, that I won't 100% works on getting and achieving all the stuff that you want in your life. Without networking, I don't think you can do half of the stuff that you that you are capable of, you know? I mean, that's exactly how I managed to get to I mean, play in freaking events on clubs and festivals and network my fuck out to to other artists who are who I can actually, you know, bring in over to the Lone Wolf podcast for interviews, you know? It's all down on basis of networking because I just go around and talk to people and, and people know people that know people that know people. And then before you know it, it's a whole spider thread. I highly recommend people to network, go outside. I get it that sometimes you may be a little bit antisocial. I'm antisocial. People don't realize that, but I'm, I really am. I'm only there to network and that's it. But sometimes you do have to come out of the turtle shell and... And be yourself and just go out there and talk to people because that's how you potentially get great things in life. You know, some of my greatest accomplishments was because I was able to network. Like, who would have thought I was able to, you know, interview some of the greatest interviewers in in my podcast channel if I have a network? It happens. And maybe, and I've done this before. I've talked about this before. I believe um, when it comes to music, and you want to release music on a label, you have to go to the to network. You have to go to where the 
the the artists that release um, music on that label go to. You gotta go to where the label parties are and network and and know the people and whatnot. And that's how you get your music out there. Like that's essentially part of networking. And this is a very key information about it, that it's very essential. You have to do it. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because it has brought to my attention on Twitter that there's a certain, I don't know if he's known as an artist. Let me take a look. I don't know if he's an up and coming artist. Um, This or uh, probably a troll or you know what? I can't even say, but it looks like he has a troll account. Um, his name is Sat Huh. His Twitter is Sat Huh the King. I make this account to download the sample sample pack. This is a parody account. All views are those of James Hetfield by Metallica. It's a troll account, honestly. It's a troll account. I don't know. I don't know. He, I think this is like some some guy or some kid that's basically ranting about the EDM scene or how shitty it is and that and was like well it's not just the EDM scene like it's subjective every other scene is shitty you know you, it's just it depends on where you're heading yourself or where who you're talking or you hanging with you know that's what makes the whole difference granted I, there were times I was with people to, who are very shitty and I knew and when I realized that I distanced myself from that so because I don't want to be associated with it and then I go with the people that actually makes like, oh my God, a lot more sense. Like it like this is what makes the scene. So yeah, there's there's two, there's two sides of the coin. You know, it's all perspective and it's all whether you see it this way or you see it that way, or you hang around with this or you hang around with that. It's all perspective, you know. So let me show you what, what I'm talking about. You know, so I saw this little trend right here. This little Fred, and I've been I'm not following him, but I'm looking at all his stuff. That's been tweeting. It's been on my news feed. So I don't know. Um, so here's something that he says, which is kind of interesting. And I'm going to elaborate that. And some other artists that I know have pushed back on that notion as well. So he says, why do they keep selling you this lie of having to go network to local shows in order to get bookings? I'm pretty sure he's referring to, uh, let me put this up on myself. Um, I'm pretty sure he's referring to promoters. I'm not going to deny that there's these type of promoters who are very scumbaggy and they're shitty that they only care about, you know, money selling. So what did they do? So they sell you the dream as of like, oh, you sell tickets, you promote. I'm a, I'm a put you up a free exposure. You're going to open up for this, for this guy and so and so. That's the dream. That's the dream that was sold to me and I had to do it in order to get my name out there. That's pretty much the dream. And that's every and I've talked about this a lot of times. And even uh, on our previous episodes, there were promoters that I interview and they say like, yeah, that was back then. Now it's different. Now it's more if you're an artist, if you're an up and coming DJ, let me see your pool. Let me see your social media. Let me see you know, how good of a DJ you are. Because if you're not and you don't have that pool, then we don't book you. That is much more commendable that's much more better sound than to like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just sell tickets and whatnot and i got you even though sometimes some of these local djs they suck ass there have been a couple of shows that i've been to and my god they suck ass and i'm like ah, good thing i'm not i'm not playing this show yeah so this is what this is what he's been saying i think that's what he's referring to and 
Let's see. I'm going to do some little pushbacks, but let's continue to read. Um, What did he keep selling you with this like having to go network to local shows in order to get bookings? Which I, I agree. The promoter will be way too busy to acknowledge your existence. True. The local DJs are stuck up their asses because you're not part of their clique and won't speak to you. Yes or no. Um, I have met people. There are a bunch of stuck ups and they believe that they're the greatest shit ever. For example, I was with with my local homie Snooko. He's a sweet person based dude. And he has a friend called Rampage. Rampage? That was his artist name? He's, named, he's known as Jack. And he... He has a beef. He had a beef with everybody, including with me. Even though I didn't do anything other than to support him, but yeah, he's the type of guy that he has like beef with because he doesn't want to be with any. And he tells like you're not rhythm enough and this and that. I'm like, dude, chill the chuck, chill the fuck down. All right. So it's not all of them, you know. You can make an argument that a lot of the rhythm local scene people are like that. You can make an argument, but not everybody. Because I've met some rhythm dudes that they're you know cool, and some other locals that homies of mine from different genres are cool as fuck as well. And I get along with those guys. So it's a yes or no. It's not, it's not everybody. It's probably the perspective and the scene that you're into, you know, because not everybody's like that, but I can, I, but I can believe you that there's people that are like that. Head Niners is really lines is secluded in the green room. Question, question, question mark. Congratulations. You just paid a $20 entry free, probably 10 or $30 on drinks in order to get in North. Can't wait for 18-year-old EDM Twitter kids telling me to do better because they think this post is me bitching about not getting local shows. Uh, Okay. Oh, wow. Wait a minute. There's some more stuff. Uh, Let's see. This comment says, I agree on this take. Putting out good music consistently will help you build a bigger foundation in the long run. However, it is important to attempt some here and there. And if able to introduce yourself, like give them a, a face to your name and and ask how you can send in your EPK for future shows. I agree. This is actually not a bad intake. Um, I'm pretty sure. And this guy, Sad Hall, says, them looking for their email inbox to see if your EPK really came through. Okay, I get the joke. Because you're too drunk or high to see where's the EPK, even though you got a bunch of notifications. All right. So he got a couple of more. I'm just going to read a couple more. Then I'm going to go back on my pushbacks. Actually, while on the shitter, while on the shitter, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Actually, do try and do all these network things as futile as they might seem. In, in a couple of years, when Insomniac and Live Nation have bought every single EDM venue production company, that then hits literally game over. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, there's always going to be a few up-and-coming promoters and production companies, but when Insomniac is hosting a three-day parking lot rave with 16 stages and every dusted DJ known to man, then the 12 people showing up to the local radar night won't be able to sustain it for long. I went through the being a local, working myself up, headline free US, uh, free, headlining free USA and one Australian and multiple EU tours falling off. I was around that. I like that. So a pipeline. All right, ready? So please don't come in here telling me the only reason I say shit like this is because I don't get booked. I don't want to. I see many up and coming producers on the feed being frustrated with where this genre is going. And it pains me to see some promoters who are guilty of every single single point I make con- keep continuing feeding these junk producers lies. All right. Um. 
So I'm going to do a little pushback. And there's here's the thing. There's definitely some truth what he's saying. And this is it's a problem that we've been facing our constantly in the EDM scene. You know, there is some truth in it. However, there's some pushbacks that I want to get into, but it's because he's probably taking out of his frustration. This is his experience. And as much as I appreciate his experience, I can definitely relate some of the stuff that he's saying. There's some perspectives that you could have like come better and could be a little bit more positive. While again, again, two things can be tr- true. There's still the notion that it, without one thing, you still can't do the other thing. Like if you actually do run the the aspects of doing the foundation, as one commenter says, of just making music, just keep doing music, music, and that's it. And hopefully somebody will 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 discover you. You're going on a fool's errand at that point. It was a fool's goal for sure. For sure. Or better yet, finding a, a, a finding a needle in the biggest haystack. It's like that. If you're going to rely on just your music and let the music speak for itself and not doing anything about it, not going out to, to shows and meet people and meet locals or meet the headliners or meet some of the people, I, I'm sorry, buddy, but... Yeah, you're not going to get that far off either. Just waiting for somebody to discover and just and just send demos to labels without having that big of a following. Congratulations. You played yourself. Sorry, they're not going to notice you and they're not going to take part of you. Even you could be and I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before. You could be literally a great producer. But if there's no back end, if there's not something that you negotiate with that you can leverage in. Who wants to take you in? Like, who cares about you? You got that's why that's why networking is important because it's those type of connections, those favors, those pools that can help you and prolong you to to bigger and better things. I've talked about this before, like how how you can network someone, how to how to leverage them, you know, how to give them something that they don't need in order for you to get something that you want from them. And a brief summary is basically, I've done this before. I asked the labels, hey, do you want a vocal sample pack for yourself? All I need is just take a look at my music and, and let me know if you, you want to release it. I can do it for free for you guys. Just do a vocal sample. Honestly, and I've done a lot of vocal packs for a lot of uh, labels. One of them was well known for Hybrid Trap that done three of them. Others, I'm not going to say. But thanks to those others, I was able to release music. Or have the distribution to be released from them, you know? Um, but that's how you leverage. Because if you just f- show your music, there's nothing that you can negotiate with. It's just your music. It's like, I have thousands of more telling me the same thing. What should I take part take of you? Give something back to them. If you give something back to them, you're saying that I can do this for you. They're going to do that for you. Networking. Favors. Pulls, strings, however you like it, however you want to put it. That's how it works. You negotiate something that I always said. And I talked about this to my cousin yesterday when we were watching Super Mario's. Um, you don't get what you deserve. You negotiate. Like you don't get what you, you don't get what your true value is. You negotiate what you deserve. So your value could be this much. And you can ask for this much, but they're not going to give you that much unless you negotiate for something that both parties can be like, okay, this is something we can work on. Middle ground. 
happy medium. Even Steven, something that we both can be happy, something that we can negotiate. And network is part of that, you know? So there's some pushbacks that I want to say with him. And there's some truths out there. Um, the headliner railing lines in the secluded green room, uh, there, uh, not every not every headliner is like that. Not everybody's a drug addict. Not everybody. I can tell you that right now. Because I, I have a lot of homies that they are not drug addicts. They're, they don't take drugs. And, they, and they're sober most of the time. They do drink, sure. They can pop a bottle here and there, but you know that's it's a little bit. Um, what else he says? Uh, what else it says? Like the whole Insomniac Live Nation thing is definitely a true thing because definitely it's coming closer and closer. I've like I've seen like Insomniac taking over some festivals and shows here in Florida. I mean, for God's sake, Forbidden Kingdom was its own. Florida thing. It was its own Florida thing before Insomnia bought it off. So it cre- because I know the the the, the founders of, of Forbidden Kingdom and they sold their rights to Insomnia so they could continue having that. And I've talked about this with other artists about it. I feel like they should have not sell it to Insomnia. They should have kept it. And but I'm pretty sure in the Monopoly world, Insomnia would have taken over somewhere somehow. Or less. So I'm pretty sure maybe that's what happened, but I don't know. I know that I know that that was not a good deal, but that's a topic for another day. Um, so another so the other thing that I did saw, which is one from Sweet Tooth, shout out to him. He did this trim. Um, you know, quote tweeting on what this guy said, which I found it very truthful. He says, um, I randomly went to a show in Seattle and me and Funkcase were the only sober ones there. That's when he gave me the email to DPMO and I sent him impending doom. He only recognized me from bumping into me on other shows. Love you, bro. But you're so fucking wrong on this. It hurts. Mm. Um... I didn't say it. He said it. For those of you who believed that I'm talking out of my ass and that I don't know what I'm talking about, look what Sweet Tooth said. Congratulations. You played yourself. I had to keep pushback on certain things from this guy, but Sweet Tooth hit the nail on the coffin. He met up with Funkcase on a show that he was headlining, and they talk, and they change emails. Guess what, guys? I met Funkcase as well. And Zomboy and Borgor and Marshmallow and Nightmare. And I got all of their emails in a festival, in Sunset Music Festival, like 2016, I believe. And I was sober as well. I got their emails. I was very cordial. I, was, I told them, Grace said, and this and that. Love to take a picture. If you don't mind, I'm a, I've been coming producer. I, got, I can send you some stuff if you like it. Dope. If you don't, that's fine. They give me their emails. Network. The fuck out. Network the fuck out. That's how you get to. That's how you manage to get some of these artists. You just talk to people. Network out of them, man. Sweet to what he said, bro. Hit the nail in the coffin. The reason you go out and network isn't to shove your project down people's throat. It's to progressively get people familiar with you, who you are and what you do. And over time, 
your name ends up in the conversation where opportunity comes up. I literally got to where I'm at. By being at damn near every show, doing what I could do to lend a helping hand and go hard for my locals and other scene, for my local scene and other artists when I could and, and when I when I could, and that eventually resulted in people, both fans, promoters, and artists wanting to help me grow. Facts, facts, facts. <laughs> what did I say earlier, guys? You help around, you leverage, you negotiate, you network. And that's how you get all these fins. The fi Here's the thing, guys. Like, I get excited when I know I was right. And when somebody else speaks facts who has a bigger following than me, I get more excited because it's like I've been preaching about this for quite some time. And some people may say, like, this is Wolfson, crazy conspiracy Wolfson with his tinfoil hat on it. But then again, here comes some other person who says that, who has a bigger following and is a bigger coming. Oh, shit, it makes sense. Oh, shit, whoops, and now it makes sense. Nani? Guess what? Guess what? Congratulations, you played yourself. Unbelievable. Um, To be fair, Steve, to be fair, Steven's been from playing American shows, so that might be well across the pond, but you can vouch for a larger crowds. We're all in the same situation, trust. I love, I love, I love, bro, but instead of even trying to add an ounce of solution to anything, he gripes about, he just gripes. Yeah. Okay, so maybe there's some context as to why this guy is like, um, there's, I'm, now I'm getting a little bit of more context of why this guy feels like he's butthurt and why he's like spitting some stuff. There's some stuff that he's true. At the same time, there's some stuff that is like pushback. All right. Funkcase itself says, I literally spent thousands to go to Lost Lands as to support my DBMO guys and network. And that's and that was it. And that was it. There's a huge benefit in it. In the end, very poor take. I love Funkcase. James, you are the G. I 100% agree. The fact that you're telling me that that networking is pointless. You shouldn't focus on your networking. I, I, uh, I have to disagree with that notion. You know, networking is never pointless. I mean, that's how you get some. That's how you progress in life. Like any any OG, any businessman will tell you the same way. I just how I got to where I am. I networked the fuck out. I went to a conference. I went to a webinar, seminars. I went to workshops, I went to school, I went I went to talk to people, I went to clubs, I went to where people go to clubs, or I, I talked to the festival shows and this and that, and I network with people, I talked to people, and then I got this empire. That's how you do it. You network. You have to network. You can't just rely on trust on your work. You have to network. You have to make those communications, those those key elements in order for you to continue progressing your career as, as whatever you're trying to do, whether it's a music producer, audio engineer, graphic designer, uh, videographer, phot uh, photographer, or director, film writer, and this and that, like it doesn't matter. It does not matter. If you want to progress in life, you have to talk to people. You have to negotiate. You have to go outside and meet people. Look at Levin Proof. Sweet Tooth just said it to yourself. He's been going to shows. Funkcase goes to Lost Lands. Even sometimes he doesn't play in Lost Lands. He still goes and networks with people and get more business out of it. Even the bigger guys like Funkcase. Like, come on. 
I do it all the time as well. I've interviewed other artists, local artists. I've gone to, to some of the local shows and whatnot. I've talked to people. It's the only way for you to progress and talk. It's the only way to, to elevate yourself. And people like this guy, Sad Who, who apparently his name is Steven, um, just is basically taking a gripe, as they say, I had complete hatred to the EDN scene because probably of his shitty past experience. And that now he's taken out of, out of the world. He, and he's telling the people, well, there's some things that I do agree with him. Uh, he's taking it on a different direction. He's just made, I think he's like part of the problem where he's not being gatekeeping, but at the same time, he's like telling people, don't do that because you're never going to, you're never going to get that far. And that deviates some people of like, I might want to do that. Oh, this guy had a shitty experience. I don't want to feel like that. All right, I'll do something else. It's not gay, but it's like it's derailing others. Maybe singling out the people that can take it and not take it. But the direction that he's going through is not the right direction. Um, I see a lot more of his tweets. Um, let's, let's take a look at this one. I oh, let's check out this new subsidia compilation, the label that's known for its diversity. Let's go. I pulled the sword from the stone set. Yeah, I'm not going to go through the rest, but like, shout out to the A&R of Subsidia. You're doing a really good job putting out a compilation, showcasing talent, where every song sounds the same. Nice. When every song sounds the same, they're playing for your absolute fullest and the dubstep scene eats it up like it's the hottest shit since Goldie invented time stretching. Here's the... Um, when it comes to dubstep overall, it's, this has been a well-known thing, even from dubstep. Like everything start started to sound the same. It's getting saturated. That's why new genres are invented. That's why future bass and or yeah, yeah, actually, future bass came from melodic dubstep. Was invented. Hybrid track, the actual genre came from um, dubstep for being oversaturated. Rhythm, which is now trends according to people. I still call it rhythm. Fuck that. Bro step, tear out as well. Tear out is a it's, it's a new genre. Everybody's doing it now. There's gonna be a new wave. I guess the space lace way, which is like dub techno or something like that. Would that dominate VIP? Like I definitely want to do a song like that. That actually sounds dope and fun to do. Um, yeah, but this has been something that's been well known in the scene, you know. And sure that it sounds the same. And I guys, you know what? It probably is. And after again, look over my episodes when I talk about labels and shit and what like this is this is normal. This it's it's not what you know, it's who you know. That's how you get your releases. Other things that says here from this guy, dubstep producers when they realize that subsidiary release is not a fast lane into a lost land booking and they are like the equivalent of a hand sitting or surrounded 
by 3 million others, hence waiting here to turn to KSC, Spotify, Randy I mean, anybody who believes that, that just by getting yourself to Subsidia, release a song of Subsidia, that's how you get to Lost Lands, it's, it's a fool. That's a fool's errand, you know? Um, you should be honored the fact that Incision played your music. That, that should be good enough. But believe that you're going to be playing in Lost Lands. If you're releasing multiple songs of Susidia and becoming like a Susidia official artist and then have other songs being released on other labels, you're probably getting booked at Lost Lands because of the exposure and how many people you're getting into. Needless to say, um, yeah, he's, his take is, is it's a little bit too extreme, you know. Uh, I guess something that he says against chromatics. The one thing I think smaller tour ads are missing is van tours. The feeling of being the role with the homies cracking jokes and telling stories. The little journey to play music city to city seems like a natural dream. And he goes, uh, so bad how smaller American producers haven't started doing this instead of crying about flights prices. The planet is dying, by the way. Uh, you're not even helping as well, bro. It's almost as if smaller Americans producers aren't playing enough conservative shows in cities and states close enough to drive to to do that justify the amount of time it will take to travel by van instead of a plane right now. And oh yeah, most of these have jobs during the week. I agree with Sweet Tooth one more time. <laughs> Something that a lot of people don't realize, but yeah, people do have jobs. Do people have nine to five jobs? Like we can't just like rely. Um, we can't just like literally rely. Um, I'm just touring or trying to tour because sometimes the revenues. I already made a breakdown about this about how much people earn on potential tours and how much they had to spend and how much they have to give away. Um, their representatives. So I'm not surprised if other people get other jobs while they're you know doing that. And yes, unless you're like a Tiesto level or a Hartwell or a Martin Garrett's level that you can actually tour around the country every day and play on shows through the bus, then yeah. And Sweet Tooth has a great point on, on that perspective. He, the fact that you, there's not a consistency in which I get to play on this show and then the next day on this show within, within the same state. It's almost impossible to do that. You have to be bigger acts to get that secure booking because it's the only easiest way. Other than that, you just travel from state to state. It's the only way to do it. There isn't a, a consistency out of that. So, I mean, this guy, Sadha, um, or Steven, whatever his name is, um, his stakes are very interesting in which I do agree on some of them, but I have to disagree on a lot of things. I have to give a lot of pushback. Network, at the end of the day, the moral of uh, this topic is networking is key. It's the best way for you to get to success. It's the best way for you to get to other things. You know, it's the only way, guys. It's for you to achieve bigger and, and bigger and better things. You have to network. You have to meet up with people. Nobody does anything by itself. It's almost impossible to do it by itself. Even myself, it's impossible for me to make this podcast bigger and better if I, if I don't, if I don't go out there and talk to other people to get, you know, the viewership or the listening, you know, I have to, it's a, it's a must have. Anyways, um, if, if you guys got any questions or you got any concerns about any in particular where it comes to networking, please let me know in the comments down below. Okay, guys. And I'll be happy to respond to you guys. Uh, let's move on to the next topic. This is something that I definitely want to talk about. 
and involves with Twitch once more. Um, Twitch, one of their biggest streamers from Twitch, um, I believe his name is K Senate. Take a look right here. K Senate has been banned on Twitch, and he was the most subscribed Twitch streamer of all time. I remember him that he reached like a world record to to broke like a bunch of streams in one single stream. Like it's it's a ridiculous amount. He's like the biggest one so far. Well, he's been banned for something that shouldn't be banned, or it should be like a slap at the wrist. Like he's like. So let's take a look at Game Rant. Um, here's the apparent reason for K Senate's most recent Twitch ban. Although K Senate hasn't shared why he was recently banned for Twitch for the fifth time. Oh wow. Five times to charm? What? Oh, I didn't know about that. Okay. Sources provide some insight of the reason. Insiders have shared why Twitch uh-huh banned on the April 18th, and it's under and it's an understandable reason, if true. K Center recently re won streamer of the year at the streamer awards after the 21 year old experienced incredible growth on twitch in the past year and became one of the most subscribed content creators on the platform said i even received a pair of nike uh, nike shoes from twitter in order of his status yeah which is like it's kind of wild that twitch is like giving them all this status and and props and awards and whatnot and then yet to ban him although the the fifth time, that's kind of wild. And I can understand if you're going to ban him for a fifth time, I think that's you get your permanent ban. But I don't know much. I, I, Twitch is just a, sh a shitty, shitty platform that needs to get reviewed for sure. Uh, however, the bronze native status has top the uh, has a top earner did not make him immune to the ban hammer and Kaysenna found himself unexpectedly and temporarily booted from the platform. All right, so it's temporary. Of the bank contagrators are uncertain to it, spoiler alert. If they know, they know. They don't, but they, if they don't, they don't always share all the details of the audience. However, the searcher learned that Kai Senate was banned from Twitch for repeated explicit simulated activity in GTA. Dion. What? <laughs> huh? Serious? In addition to regular holding um, chat streaming, Kaysena often plays games on his channel and he was sim simulating sexual acts in Grand Theft Auto. That will be a direct violation of Twitch's terms to us. Whatever the reason of his ban, the event has renewed on ongoing rumors that Senna may be moving to Twitch rival kick soon. In response to Twitch, a man kick on co-owner Trainwreck simply replied in the picture and so only oh his hand. Alright, for years... The the platform has been accused of showing special treatment to its top content creators, but Twitch has banned many normal, including GDM, Adam Ross, and Misgif. The GDM was a little bit too much. Adam Ross, he deserves to get banned because he's definitely a wild boy. And Misgif, I'm Misgif because of the sexual allegations that he's been having for the for the past couple of years that and that he's a sexual predator. Allegedly, we won't know, but that's the reason why Misgif has been banned. Jideon, however, he just talked shit about Pokimani, Pokimani, or whatever her stream, her name is. I didn't find it that offensive about it. Oh, I think it's because he sniped, he told streamers to go snipe on her streaming. That's why he got it. But to be a permanent ban for that, that's versus like other, other, there's other worse 
things that are happening in Twitch, which is the hot tub streams, which I feel that should be a, a ban of itself. Like so having women just to be on bikinis and showing their hot streams and having other people uh, send for it and sending money, that's that should be a ban. That's already l leading to loot and that should be a violation itself. But I digress. I digress because it's like, what else I can do but to, to complain about Twitch? Because Twitch is just a shitty platform that has no morals and it's and it's bipolar at times. It, they pick and choose who to ban for the stupidest things, you know? Um, some of these are temporary. Others are semi-permanent results in content creator moving on and on the plus. Sometimes in the case of indie thoughts in early April, Twitch allows them to return unexpectedly and surprise even the street streamers itself. Of course, this isn't the first time Twitch has banned K-Center. The first ban, which happened in March, was as long as it lasted for a month. All other all others have only been for a day or free, and it's more likely like latest band will be for a show one. However, it does show that even the most popular content creators on the platform can get complaints in the stream, like Kick and YouTube will fall back. So, what are my thoughts in all of this? And this is something I definitely want to like reiterate about this because it it definitely makes me mad. I get the I get why he got banned. All right, it, this is not your first rodeo. You got banned. Um, for GTA and it's and it's fake sexual ads like you know G, you know we all know what GTA does like that that's the whole gist of GTA you know sure not everybody does that but I guess he doing that I can understand but a ban like that's a little bit too much versus versus other people getting banned for uh, not getting banned for worse things. Or even better. Let me take a let, uh, let me take a notch lever. There was this Brazilian streamer. She I forgot what her name, but this was well known that she was getting um damn what's the kid friendly version of me saying this? Uh, she was doing it while on stream. Nani? You couldn't tell because it didn't show anything. But if you look at the reflection of her window, you can see. Is her boyfriend just doing it on her? And she's like stream streaming like that. Yo! That should be that constitutes a violation alone. That should be a violation alone. She belongs to the street. That should get you permanently banned. Because they, they because Twitch doesn't allow sexual acts while streaming. Like if you want to do that, you go to OnlyFans. Or you go, or you or go to another, another, another platform that allows you to do that. Twitter, I guess, but not on Twitch. You guys know how long she was banned? Seven days. Nani? Emotional damage. Seven freaking days was she banned. And it's not something like, oh, you're misconstruing. Like, no, she did it. You saw the stream. There's the videos of it. There's evidence. You can see her and you can see her. And her facial expressions as well. Seven days. She belongs to the street. Seven days banned. While others get banned from, you know, for saying wild things, but not doing it, but they get permanent banned. And K-Senate getting banned for, for a video game and the video game allowing such, such, such things, he gets a ban. Congratulations. You played yourself. Huh? Nani? Like, what are we talking about? It's just the hypocrisy from Twitch. That's all. It's the hypocrisy. Like Twitch is just, 
I feel like Twitch needs to have a reboot. Twitch needs to have a uh, like a, a reboot, and I feel like they should fire everybody in the tops and replace it with new people. Because for them to allow such things and they pick and choose who to who to bet and who not to bet and how long, all because it's getting the numbers. That's what it is. It's the business. It's getting numbers. It's you know getting attention. We're getting you know views. People want to come into the show. Yeah, no, it's shitty. It's shitty as it is. You know, with the M M S the A S M the A M S R, which is basically Twitch streamers. You know, taking a microphone and. Put it right here and just go. You laugh like you like that. That's like the dumbest shit ever. Yet, gotcha, bitch. People get like a shit lot of views. Gotcha, bitch. And every time I hear it, it hurts my ears because, god damn it, they're messing up the speakers. They're messing up the microphone. It's clipping like shit. It's distorting. It's and break my fence and it hurts your ears. But apparently, a lot of people like that, and they just keep it keep it going. So stuff like that and the hot tut uh, hot tut streams like Twitch. What are you doing, guys? What are you doing? Anyways, that's just a little rant that I just want to say. Let's just move on with the next topic. Um, definitely want to talk about the recent uh, Jonathan Mayer's case. Um, right now it's on a lingering effect. Um, because we don't know if if Marvel's gonna drop the ball and say we're we're no longer having. Jonathan Majors as Ken the Conqueror. We're going to replace him. And it's very scary because I like Jonathan Majors. He did a great job as Ken the Conqueror. I don't know if this is going to affect the MCU. It's not the first time they've replaced. I mean, shit, we had three different Hulks. And it was the first time the charm that we got Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. And he, he's done a great job out of it. But I don't know what's going on, guys, because I feel like we keep... Like, Every time something comes out with Jonathan Mayers, I feel bad for him because something comes out, he proves that it's wrong, and he's innocent, and then more evidence and more people are showing up to say, accusing the man. And I'm like, okay, is this a fan? Is this a legitimate fan? Is this well known? Or is like, I don't know, as a smear campaign. I don't know. Let's take a look at this report from NBC News. They're talking about um, his status right now. Uh, let's just go like right here. I don't want to. I want to get copyrighted again. For Marvel star Jonathan Majors, Majors was arrested last month on domestic violence charges. His attorney saying today that his client is innocent and will be exonerated. NBC right. News correspondent Nyla Charles joins us now with the latest developments in this. Hey, Nyla. Hey, Savannah. Since Major was charged in March, his attorney has said he's innocent. But now new court documents filed by his defense aim to put the accuser's credibility into question, saying this is an attempt to destroy his reputation, all because he broke up with her. New documents obtained by NBC News give a glimpse into actor Jonathan Major's defense amid his legal battle. Good to see you again. The Creed Three star is charged with harassment and assault for an alleged domestic dispute with a 30-year-old woman in New York City in late March. In a letter to the court, his defense citing irrefutable evidence that Majors is innocent. Police say they responded to a 911 call. Upon arrival, they say the victim accused Majors of assault, and investigators verified the claims. But Majors' defense disputes those claims. Court documents filed by his defense say that night the woman assaulted Majors in a car, mm. and then went to a nightclub without him, submitting screenshots they say were taken from surveillance cameras. Oh and show she was visibly uninjured. Oh. Hours later, Major says he found her unconscious in his locked bedroom with minor injuries. 
NBC News is not naming the accuser or showing her face. Oh? This week, Variety exclusively reporting that more women are accusing majors of abuse and that they are cooperating with the Manhattan DA's office. In response to the Variety article, Major's attorney maintains his innocence and says he will be fully exonerated. Deadline reports he's yeah. been dropped by his management and PR teams in multiple projects. Which is kind of shitty for NBC them. News has not been able to independently verify the Variety or the Deadline reporting. Meanwhile, Disney hasn't commented on Major's future as King the Conqueror in the 2025 Marvel Avengers film. The once considered rising star now riddled with controversy. And Nyella, what do we know about that 911 call? Well, Savannah, Major's defense says he's actually the one who called 911 after he found the woman in his bedroom the next morning after she sent him a suicide note in response to his breakup text. His next court appearance is set for May 8th, and the Manhattan DA declined to comment mm. on potential additional accusers. I feel bad for Jonathan Mayers, honestly. That's, this is kind of a messy, messy thing. Uh, what are my thoughts behind this? There's different. I like I like like there's more of a timeline now and now there's like evidence that he didn't do anything wrong allegedly now we got to put it allegedly but I still feel like he didn't do anything and apparently based on what we're seeing right now like there's definitely definitive evidence that he didn't do anything that he's the one who made the 911 not the not the lady that that was accused by him no, no, it was 911. And now it kind of all makes sense now as I look into it as to why there's like these random texts from the lady saying, I'm sorry, baby, this and that. I shouldn't have done this. I told them not that I didn't do anything. I don't know why they arrest you. And then all this happening on the videos indicating that after the allegedly, you know, being assaulted, she was in the club hanging and this and that. And she she, she seemed fine. There's no marks or bruises or anything. It was later on that she found out unconscious and it was just... Yeah, I feel like this lady is, is crazy. I, unless the media is actually portraying her as this crazy lady. She belongs to the street. Yeah, like this is actually like enough evidence to say like he didn't do anything wrong. And it's shitty from the from the management company to drop them with not hearing the, not hearing all his um his issues, like not hearing the full facts, you know? But I will say this. We've seen this before. Unless you're innocent. Unless you know something, it's the only way that they'll drop you. Unless you know something. Because remember all the Dasik situation. Like, Dasik was dropped by his own label that he created, by his management agency, and you name it. He was dropped by all of them when all these allegations came out. And, and I feel like it's because they knew something. Take it with a grain of salt. I'm not saying that he is something or he did all these friends. I'm not saying all that. Take it with a grain of salt as to the reasons why. Maybe the management were scared because it's like, fuck, we're representing somebody that might be abusive. This is not how the company feels. We need to drop him off so that way we can keep our hands dirty, clean. And if later founds out that he's not, you know how many talent man buyer managers are going to look for him. He's like, don't worry. I'll keep, I'll, I'll treat you right. He's going to go ahead and sue everybody who's been, who's been dropping him and say like, how dare you? Because you didn't hear my facts. Well, now I'm going to fuck you over. And I think I would have, I would have believed it by now if Disney would have dropped them by now, because Disney is the type of company that will drop anybody at any given time with no reason. If you do something shady or you've done something, you know, something um, beyond reasonable doubt, they'll drop you out. Like they dropped Gina Carano. Be all because of the tweet that she posted. And that got her fired from Disney. Just saying, Disney is capable of, so they can 
they you can say that they, you can replace Jonathan Mayers. You can say that that Jason gonna drop, but if he they haven't dropped them yet, that means they know something as well, and they know that he's gonna maintain his innocence, and they don't want a backlash like they have with the Johnny Depp situation. Like I say, we don't know what goes behind closed doors. We don't know what's the, behind the scenes. We're just we, we're just assuming based on all the evidence that's been told. So far, it seems like Jonathan Mayers is in the right and he will probably be get exonerated and clear for all this. And he's going to take action to all those people who's been doing wrong. Now, having all those 20 women that came out from that, he did something. Either he did do it or it's a quick cash grab. But evidence suggests that he didn't do anything. So I don't know what's going to happen with those two. But I'm trying to I'm trying I'm trying to believe that I think they're trying to once this one is done, then they can dismiss all the others and be like, nah, you don't have nothing. We're going to see. We're going to keep uh, updating before we wrap it up. Let's go with Super Mario Bros. Let me put this little article right here from my GM. Super Mario Bros movie holds up. Evil Dead Rise from its third weekend in bots of its victory. So far, I think they're... Yeah, look at this. They're all, they're getting closer to $1 billion in the third weekend. So they're right now globally $871.83 million. It surpassed Sonic the Hedgehog by a lot, landslide for sure. So it's another good uh, video game... Um, another good video game uh, movie. Sitting at 434 million in North America and only a minor drop 37% from last week's 87. Still, like the fact that you're getting closer as it stands is now placed just ahead of Spider-Man No Way Home. Wow, that's crazy. Evil Dead Rise has had a respectable opening despite losing to Super Mario Brothers with domestic debut at 23. It's fifth entry of the Evil Dead film franchise, and it tells the twist to tell to its strange sisters, played by no no no. Whose reunion is cut short by the rise of the flesh of the uh, proceed into the primal battle. Blah, blah, blah. That's yeah, it's just it's both familiar with a end of refreshing evil that sequel that delivers the core that you expect and which most closer, which is good. Guy Riches, the covenant open, uh, open up for place finishing, yeah, which is actually pretty dope. Guy Riches stuff is good, so it's something that you should watch. John Wick took for place and fifth weekend Peters by collecting, yeah, yeah. Um, so here's my review per se about um about Super Mario Bros. I watched it yesterday and let me say this. It was better than I expected. It was way better than I expected. My anticipations were pretty low because I did not like um Chris Pratt as Mario. And I still didn't. It was okay, but I was still like, you know how there's certain characters that you know this character's voice belongs to this to this character like it makes sense me hearing Chris Pratt as Mario to me it didn't make sense it's just I just didn't feel that Mario as as I was supposed to I feel like he was trying too hard and I can see why I can see why he felt that way because you know Mario is a very iconic character and it's patience is pretty high for you to fill out those shoes you know Oh, but you're you're just hating on Chris Pratt. Like, nah, at all. I love Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is hilarious. I loved him on, on Parts and Regs, where he started off with other movies as well. When he put out Jurassic World and Gardens of the Galaxy and other movies that I've seen him before. I love Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is pretty dope. I don't have a problem with him. I just feel that his voice just... 
it's not for Mario. Like, it doesn't make sense. Give me an example, Wilson, because I feel like you're being hating too much. All right, a perfect example, Bowser, played by Jack Black. Love them. I want Jack Black to be Bowser for any future projects that involves Bowser. 100%. I want him on all of them. That makes sense. Sonic the Hedgehog, the guy who played John Raphael, um, parts and Rick, um, Sonic the Hedgehog, the voice actor, um, Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz is the is the iconic Sonic the Hedgehog movie uh, voice actor. You listen to him and he, it makes sense. You hear his voice as both movies and it's like, holy shit, he sounds dope. Idris Alba's Knuckles, again, it sounds dope, which by the way, I just heard rumors that, that Knuckles is having a spinoff series in Paramount with Idris attached to it or more alert to its span. And they say it's something that's going to be between um, the second uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie and the third. So it's like in between that spinoff series, which is dope. But needless to say, it's the fact that they give him that role, that means that he did such a great job as Knuckles and so has um, Ben Schwartz as, uh, as Sonic. And so I give it to uh, Jack Black as Bowser. He did such a phenomenal job. And the other voice actor, I, I don't know who was uh, Luigi. He did a good job. In fact, I thought that was like, damn, that's actually a good spin image of Luigi. But Chris Pratt, I just didn't feel it. I think that was my biggest grab. It's just like, uh. And also Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Yeah, bro. Like, I didn't like him. I, I, and again, not hating on Seth Rogen. I've loved his movies. I've seen them all. I mean, from Super Bad to This Is The End to like, like a Pineapple Express to Knock Dob and other movie, other world numbers. I mean, shit, like 40 year old version. He was hilarious. Other movies, like, I'm, I, like, again, I love Saw Rogen. But him as Donkey Kong is just, again, it didn't make sense to me. I, like, I didn't feel it. I feel it was too forced. I feel it was like too surface. I don't know. It, it didn't feel like it was too Donkey Kong of it. But I could care less. I just didn't. Ah, eh. Chris Pratt and Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong and, and Super Mario. But the movie itself, despite those those gripes I had with those voice actors, the movie itself was pretty good. If I had to put it on a scale, eight and a half out of ten, I wouldn't put it a nine on a ten because again, it's it's a kids movie. It's not like holy shit, this is like the greatest movie ever. This is the greatest video game movie ever? No, 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 no. Calm down, calm down. It's, it's not the greatest. I feel like I. Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2 did a better job than they did on Super Mario. But of course, on the box office numbers, reason why Super Mario Brothers movie is big, it's because it's a huge franchise backed up by Nintendo. Obviously, it's going to be huge. Obviously, they're gonna, it's going to sell. And, and kids that don't even never play Mario in their lives, they still are going to watch it because they know the franchise. They have the toys and... And, and plushies and the shirts and one of Mario. They never played the games and they still got it. And when they get older, I'm pretty sure they'll play the games. So I can see why it's selling and it's selling heavily. I can see it why. But as in terms of plots and voice acting, I keep it at low eight or eight and a half out of ten. It's not a perfect movie. It's not as good as Sonic the Hedgehog wanted to. Sonic the Hedgehog one and Sonic the Hedgehog was a was a good nine. Second sequel was better, and I feel like that deserved a nine and a half or a ten. That was, and I'm not trying to be like biased out of it. I'm trying to look on a perspective as a, as a critical thing, as a 
you know, as neutral as I, I can be. I just know more of the detail stuff. And but but at the end of the day, I feel like the the movie itself was great. I just I have my gripes with the voice acting, uh, the plot straight to the point, through and through. The storyline was good. Um, the the message behind it it was good. It was definitely worth it. Um, they show a lot of Easter eggs for people who've played the the OG games and the and their and the newer games. They they show a lot of it. It was like ah, I know what this is. I know the songs as well. It was everything was on point. It was a lot of nostalgic factors and a, and a first perspective. I'm pretty sure when they come a sequel, because for sure they're gonna come up with a sequel, and they left it with a sequel for for the end credit scenes. If nobody watched it, um, we're gonna expect a lot of good things out of it. We're gonna spend uh, spend the universe a little bit more. Like it, it cater a little bit of everything, you know. But at the same time, I feel like they they throw a lot of things at the same time in a short amount of time. I feel like that was kind of rushed, and I feel like, like, ooh, you could have saved this for the sequel, you know? But I get it. They're trying to sell something out, and it was good. Even the, the song, Jack Black's song, Peaches, 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 it hit Billboard <laughs> Top 100. The song itself hit Billboard. That's how good the song really is, and it's funny. And it's like, and if Jack Black is involved with the song, it's like, bro, you got me. You got me. Yep. So, the... Overall, my thoughts out of this movie, it was good. It was pretty good. I my expectations were pretty low, but it it went good. Eight out of eight and a eight to eight and a half out of ten. I'll give it that. Wouldn't give it a solid nine. I'll I would have given it a solid nine if the voice actors were a bit better when it when it comes to Mario and Donkey Kong. So it was pretty good. If you haven't watched it, take advantage of it. Take your kids, take your niece and nephews. Um or go watch it yourself or go watch it with, a, with a, your partner or whatnot. You got to enjoy it. You know, it's definitely a kid's show. I wouldn't overhype it as much as people say. And I, at the same time, I wouldn't like put it down as a lot of adults have say like, oh, it, like it's it's cheesy. There is the comedic tones is, is not that great. It's like, yeah, guys, it's a kid's movie. They did it for kids. It's not sure they cater to some of us who grew up with Mario, but it's catered for kids. Were you going to expect some sexual jokes here and there? Like, nah, bro. Like, it's for kids. So I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put as many others were saying it as like, ah, I don't know. It was mid this and that. It's like, no, no, it was actually pretty good. I enjoy it. I enjoy it pretty much. But guys, let me your, let me know your thoughts about this. Like, let me know what you guys think about the Super Mario Brothers. Was I right? Was I wrong? Was I there? Let me know in the comments down, down below, guys. So we're going to wrap this up. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's been a very long episode, but you know what? It's worth it. You know, making up from last week and this week as well. I don't know if I can make another one, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, every week is a brand new episode or a brand new topic. So always remember to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at The Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and of course, the YouTube ca- channel at YouTube.com slash the Lone Wolf Podcast or LoneWolfPod.com. That's Lone W-O-L-V Pod.com. Would you check check all my latest episodes of the Wolfpack Podcast and the Lone Wolf Podcast? Remember, we're all under the same umbrella and the same channel um, at YouTube.com slash the Lone Wolf Podcast or at Lone Wolf Pod in YouTube. You can also comment on Spotify. So let me know what you guys think. Um, comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experiences. If you guys got a specific topic that you want me to cover 
or talk about, please let me know in the comments down below. And I'm going to do my best to talk about it on the next episode. So, guys, thank you for, uh, for tuning in. We'll see you guys on the next one. All right? Peace. Me away